welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the dangers of doubting your Jedi nightmares. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week, we're going to talk about the end of Book 3, Legacy of the Force, Tempest. But before we do that, bum bum bum, previously on Forever Canon. Lumaya and Alema get proactive with proton bombs. Ben rescues Jaina, the angriest Jedi. Jason doesn't use force lightning. And secret agent solo parents finally pick a side. But that was last week, Tim. Yeah. This week, we start with chapter 21. And we start with Luke and Mara... At Roku Station. They've been waiting for Ben for far too long. They're starting to get suspicious. Luke's on his third hot chocolate. For crying out loud. That's how (laughs) long it's been. And when Luke finally points out the faint tingle of danger coming. They realize Jason has set them up. Nasty. Yeah. That's that's a good start right there. Yeah. He... Right away, jump into conclusions. I mean, uh, on their end, not really any evidence other than the fact that Ben hasn't shown up. That's what's making them super suspicious, right? Yeah. And and the, the little danger prickle. Sure. I don't know. But even if Jason is working with Lumaya, it's no big deal. Because Luke knows he can bring Jason back. No problem. He can bring him back to the light. Because he's always done the best for everybody rather he's not doing it selfishly that's what their reasoning is here's why oh. because i know jason luke said quickly whatever he's doing it's because he thinks it's right for the galaxy once he realizes he's mistaken he'll be easy to bring back so easy so easy like this guy remember how we were talking about way at the beginning of this podcast about how confident the jedi always are in themselves yep the man has as we've detailed several times many reasons to be overly confident in his ability to bring back a jedi from the dark side he did it to his wife standing right next to him there mara jade skywalker countless other uh, less narrative related jedi and then you know most importantly darth vader yeah so he's got a good track record. <laughs> I'm not sure which ones he's lost along the way that he couldn't save, but he seems to be batting a pretty good percentage. So he feels good about himself. Out there. Well, he's part of writing the Jedi history books. So, well, you know, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the only ones that get written down are the ones who get saved. That's a good point, but he knows Jason. So everything will be okay. But how about this? What don't they know? He and Mara. Here's just a few things I thought of since the beginning of these books. Uh, He doesn't know about uh, brain wiping Ben. He doesn't know that Jason killed Nalani slash maybe Nelani. He doesn't know that he was secretly friends with the world brain that was still alive that nobody knew. He doesn't know that he has a lover and a daughter. He doesn't know that he ordered the Bothans killed. He doesn't know. I don't know. Do they know? That he killed Aelin Haber, Boba Fett's daughter. I don't think they're I don't in think on that Luke and Mara know, no. No. So maybe it won't be as easy as <laughs> Luke seems to think it's going to be. I mean, he's brainwashing Luke's son. Yeah, maybe not Maybe not directly, but memory wiping him. Yeah. With, a, with an intent <laughs> to uh, make things look better than they were, right? Or cloud the, the negative things that he's done. Which are numerous that Luke doesn't know about. And... His overconfidence here is quite quite a statement. Yeah. It will be easy because I know Jason. I don't know. Maybe not. But they drop some more info in this conversation about another Dark Jedi that they may or may not have saved or actually are in the process of saving. Raynar Thull, the Dark Jedi from the Killick Crisis. He joined up with a Killick colony and took him over with his magic Jedi powers and made them bad guys. Zangief. But guess where he is? Imprisoned in the temple basement now. Rehabbing. Yeah, why is it going to be the basement? 
I don't know. Oh, maybe it's got something to do with like the um, you know how like the Jedi Temple was built on a, a um, force presence on a dark force presence. Yeah, maybe they're hiding him down there in the shade of that dark force presence because you wouldn't be able to pick him out. His because you would like his negative energy would stick out like a sore thumb in the Jedi Temple otherwise. So that yeah, good. that's my quick I, logic there. Yeah, I like I'll it. Like it. <laughs> I like that. that that's yeah, good. Because isn't that true? Uh, at least in this, in our canon, yeah, <laughs> in the yeah. Forever canon, that the Je- I think the Jedi Temple on Coruscant was built on a dark virgins in the Force, and they built the Jedi Temple there to beat it. Yeah, and it would be easy to actually have a basement because it's built on the top of a mountain too. Well, right? I mean, so. like it's it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can have a basement anywhere. No. <laughs> okay. No. Just agree to disagree. But here's the thing: they're talking about how. His rehab might take years, a few years to rehab from the dark side and the Killick stuff, I guess. All yeah. The us and we and what have you. But a few years? And you think it's going to be just easy peasy to bring <laughs> Jason back to the light side? Well, he says that they haven't been, if he ha- is working with Lumaya, it hasn't been for long. True. So he's not like fully submerged as but again, far as he thinks. That's just. What he thinks he knows. Supposition, right? He doesn't know what he doesn't know. And that's the danger of what you don't know is you don't know that you don't Mm -hmm. know it. Yeah. Write that down and quote me. (laughs) But for real, that is been it's been like the biggest problem of this book series so far is that he's way further gone than anybody thinks he is. And it's already for a long time been too late to pull him back. Yeah. But here he is thinking it's easy peasy. Yeah, I don't know. That is what it is. It's worth it for sure, but it's a long, intensive rehab process. You got to keep him in the basement, like undergoing treatments with Sigal. Like, what are you gonna do that? You gonna do that with Jason too? How many how many dark side tightrope walkers are you gonna have in your basement, man? (laughs) I don't know. Seems like it'd get crowded pretty quick down there. But suddenly, this conversation gets interrupted by that faint tingle. Erupting into a full-blown Spidey sense. Luke and Mara run towards the hallway as they feel massive danger. They want to get all these people in the cantina Roku station that they're in away from the danger. They want to take the danger somewhere else. But they're too late. They arrive in the doorway only to have a grenade chucked in their face (laughs) by a, a hooded, limping figure. Hmm. Who could it? Email us your guesses <laughs> at forevercanpodcast at gmail.com. Obviously, Luke and Mara don't know that Alema is back. No. And so... Grenade! Th- this becomes confusing. They run to the other doorway. And at the other exit, a long hissing crackle sounded from the second exit, drawing a frenzy of screams from ple- fleeing patrons. Luke had not heard the sizzle of a striking light whip in decades and the sound sent a hot prickle up his spine he reached inside his robe and withdrew the shoto he had been carrying in anticipation of just this moment and then he says well i'd say this proves it luke's heart ached with disappointment ben's not here lumaya is well again He's not wrong. Ben's not there. No, Ben is not there. <laughs> Lumaya is. And yeah, it certainly does weigh in the direction of your suspicions, but it's not proof. No. But I think he's just maybe overcompensating for his lack of inaction all this time. Could be. Like, he's he has been doing nothing, so maybe yeah, he is just like, throwing himself into it. And at this point where they're going to retrieve Ben. And, and remove him from Jason. Like, he is kind of fed up with the situation now. Yeah. And so, like, I think he is kind of like going overboard with his emotions when he's trying to rectify the fact that he's done nothing for three whole books. But, <laughs> woo! We got Luke and Mara versus Lumaya and Alema. We were talking last episode. We weren't sure if this was going to happen in this book or not. Couldn't quite remember. But... Oh, turns out right away. <laughs> Here it is. Right away in chapter 21, like right away. And we get in this fight a good, clear description of the light whip. Yes. He says it has six strands. Two are energy. Two are leather. 
And two are crystal-studded metal, which later they he says is kyber crystal. Yeah. So that's cool. And apparently Lamaya is pretty heavy into her BDSM gig. <laughs> All right. But here's a question. How do the other strands not just get cut off by the lightsaber strands? Like when you're whipping the thing, it, like like they don't master bang control. into each other at all. I guess. Like I don't know. Or maybe she just replaces them all the time, and it's not that big of a deal. Because right away in the fight, like Luke runs over and he like he, yeah, cuts he a couple off, of those couple off. off. Yeah. And yeah. Then at that point, I was like, well, maybe the stone and leather ones aren't a big deal to replace, but it seems I don't. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So imagine she whips this whip at you. And you block it with two lightsabers. How does it not destroy every other strand on the thing immediately other than the lightsaber strands? Isn't yeah. that kind of purposeless? <laughs> or is it like, in case she doesn't want to activate it, then yeah. there's still, I guess, maybe that's it? Maybe yeah, that's be- the angle? Because it's still a whip regardless. It's still got the six strands just when you activate it. It's a light whip, too. Two of them are light. Yeah, two of them turn whip. into lightsaber Smackies. I don't know. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about the leather and... Either way, it seems like a fairly inefficient weapon. But they make it sound deadly as fuck. Well, it's because nobody and, uses it. And That's it is. why. Like, she starts whipping that thing around. She's like, limb, arms are flying, legs are flying, head... Guys, head falls off! Our pets, heads are falling off! Yeah, he almost cuts some lady in half. Well, because she... Uses the innocent crowd against Luke to keep as you would the distance and to stop him from fighting you, while Alema is trying to kill Mara from the shadows, where she definitely had a chance to kill Luke, like Lumaya wanted her. No, Alema did. Yeah, she lured him in the in the doorway, but Alema was like, "Nah, man, because of the balance TM reasons, I'm not gonna kill him. He has to suffer. He has to see his wife die first. Like you idiot." Just kill? Would you kill the man? Yeah. Like, is he not the most dangerous dude in the galaxy? Why? What are you doing? Yeah. The balance, TM. But she's brainwashed too, right? She's bug washed. Bug slut. Carry <laughs> on. But it is a nice representation of their characters, like the way that they fight, right? Mm-hmm. Lumaya is all manipulation, using the crowd against Luke, throwing people at him, taking people hostage, influencing their minds with the force to make them angry at him, like in the first place, right? Yeah. And and uh, Alema is hiding. She hides in the shadows. She blows a dart. Like she goes a, and hides again. Like a bug would. And then she comes through a guy and lightsabers him. Exactly. Yeah. Hiding in the shadows and in the, in the corners and stuff like that. It's just really effective, uh, well-written yeah. battle for them. Because that's what you want. You want to have some kind of reflection of your character in everything they do. Because that's what makes them stand out. Yeah. You know, is having their own way of doing things when everybody in the supporting cast is like a stand up. It's Zach. Everybody in the st- supporting yeah. cast is a stand up guy. You know, do the right thing for the right reasons. It's uh you gotta have your individual characters do things that like, like this, that, that reflect their actual character. Yeah. I don't know how to, how to word that differently, but you know what I mean? It just seems really well written. I like this fight. It comes down to the end. Lumaya hits Luke with the light whip. Yep. Cuts off his robot arm and slices up his body and tatters his robes. Because he's really concerned about Mara. Because he can feel Alama's about to blow darter in the neck. So he gets distracted and he gets cut up. Yeah, he he gets whipped. And she can feel Luke fighting for his life. Like using so much of the force that he's going to die soon. You know, this keeps coming up. Over yeah. And over again. I think the description that he, that they use is that it's actually boiling his cells. Yeah. That is what they say. Boiling yeah. his cells. But luckily for Mara, she gets the upper hand on Lemma, trips her, knocks her unconscious. <laughs> Smacks and her head. Even though Luke is about to die, she takes a moment to gather a Lemma stuff. She takes her lightsaber which is like dark blue, so dark it's almost black. Love that. So good. Love that. She takes she whatever other stuff she had on her, and she like opens up her robe and finds the bomb. Yeah, the whatever, dead man and switch. she's like, oh, yeah, the dead man switch, exactly. She's like, oh, good thing I didn't 
kill her like I was going to. Yeah, and then she has to take the extra time to disarm, to disarm it. Bomb. Yeah. Because what'd she say? She says something about head trauma is so unpredictable or something. It, and it is. Like, yeah. she could die in seconds. She banged her head, knocked unconscious, or somebody could jostle her on the way out because there's still people escaping from the cantina. So she has to take the time to disarm this proton bomb. Mm-hmm. This plan was a great plan by Lumaya. Yeah. This worked perfectly. Even though she was sent into the trap as much as Luke. Like, it's a trap for both of them. Yeah. Right? She is not she's supposed to live just as much as he is 50 50 you know <laughs> and this is a great plan on her part to get the upper hand in a fight where you don't have any way to get it what do you do strap a bomb to your chest man <laughs> do you think that that if Alema had had actually shot luke with that think she would have been able to i don't know like would he have sensed it because she had never had any intention of well, him. And she hides her presence in the force, which is yeah. what Mara says. That's how Mara finds her. She looks in a corner. Oh, no, that was a darkness thing. She she looks in the corner and she's like, why is that corner not lit up by my lightsabers? But she also couldn't feel her in the force and stuff yeah. and, and that jazz, too. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe she would have got him. The, like, the lady that the Twilight lady that gets hit with it dies in seconds. <laughs> yeah. So that would have been bad news for Luke Skywalker and a boring fight here. But <laughs> luckily for us. The, I don't know. We don't have. We don't have to worry about that. That's not no. part. That's not part of my Mandela effect, man. Stay out of that. We'll see. But Lumaya is nasty. Oh and yeah. Again, so smart. True to her character, she knows how to get what she wants. Like that's this whole bomb plan. Even if I lose, I win. I'm still gonna get what I want. Cause I'm a Sith. And Planning. I'm a, I'm a yeah plan ahead tricky manipulator lady. And she's good at it. So good at it. She even tells Luke while they're fighting, after she's almost killed him, I think. She says, if you let me kill you, everyone else in here will live, even Mara. Whoa. That's a <laughs> it, that's an offer, which he doesn't entertain at all for no. not even a second. Not even a half a second. Not even a, not even a, qu- a quarter of a second. He's like, nope, not going to do that. Yeah, now you're oh, lying. really? Really? You big self-sacrificing Jedi? I mean, again, the man's confident he can kill her, even though he's about to die. Well, and she's also a Sith. She's a liar. But here's a question. She's evil. Is this, to that point of her being a liar, is this a peek at the fact that all she really wants is revenge on Luke Skywalker? Or is this part of the plan or part of her manipulating things, you know? Yeah. Because what if it is? What if it's her going, all I really want is to kill this son of a bitch right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? What if? I doubt it. Because she's pretty committed to this whole uh, Sith path for Jason. But it would be pretty dope. If that was like, be super for a cool. moment, she's just like, oh, I'll throw it all away just to cut Luke Skywalker's head off right now with my thing. He refuses the offer, of course. And he nearly gets light whipped inside his brain before firing off. Five blaster bolts into Lumaya, who, as we know, and as Mara comes over to reveal to Luke, is wearing a big old bomb. Yep. <laughs> and he specifically describes, which this was funny. I was like, when Mara was running over, and she's like, you can't kill her. And he like has a moment of confusion. He looks at her, and he's like, I thought I did a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah. She has three scorching holes steaming, smoking up from her chest or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, that was funny. Second of all, how did you shoot her in the chest three times and not shoot this bomb or any of the wiring or any vital pieces of her that would kill her immediately? Well, the force. Yeah. Obviously. Right? The pure luck of the close your eyes and squeeze the trigger and blow up the Death Star force. Like, you know. Yep. The Skywalker thing. Yeah. Luke's whole job is gotten through luck. Yeah. Well, I mean, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Luke and Mara, though, see the weakly blinking lights on the bomb and decide they better skedaddle. Yeah. And they do. Chapter 22. Has Princess Leia still trying to dodge fire in the Falcon? Wondering how Han hadn't got them blasted to atoms in the previous 40 years? Good question. <laughs> yeah. She's a little... um. 
like in awe of his piloting skills, especially because <laughs> he has no force. Just how hard this is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's got the force, and it's so hard, man. But Hansel is a special boy. I don't know if she knows that or not. <laughs> Maybe not so special if you pay attention to the solo movie where, you know, he's just given his last name uh, arbitrarily by a guard who makes a funny pun that he's traveling by himself. All of his life decisions are really just chance things and none of his character means anything. I actually totally forgot what I was just talking about right now, but he's a great pilot. Yeah. And in the middle of this battle for Hapes here with the usurper fleet trying to blow up Tamil Ka's fleet of identical ships. I don't know how that wouldn't be confusing out there. <laughs> <laughs> Leia's dodging bullets and just waiting patiently for that Alliance fleet that she felt her old lizard hatchmate Tessar yes. Sabatine waiting out somewhere amongst the stars in Alliance fleet to jump in and save the day. The Falcon is taking so much of a beating that we get to see Han Solo accept defeat. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he goes, and he just kind of like hangs his head, doesn't he? Yeah, the man has been beaten down by loss over the last 40 years. And he's like, well, the control panel just ripped out. 3PO just ripped it out when the ship got jostled. Or I can't, we can't move the shields around. So, well, well, we're dead. Our rear shields are gone and we're completely vulnerable. And like that scares the hell out of Leia. So what does she do? She comes up with a super risky gamble to, that bets their life versus death. Yeah. And that brings Han Solo right back into the fold <laughs> and he's energized and he's excited again. But for real, I think he just, this poor guy, man. He's had a rough life. It's been a tough, at least last 10 years for sure. Once. Like, been a tough the, to last 10 weeks. <laughs> Has it even been that long in the books? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't even know. That's something we should look up. When the, the the first blockade of Corellia was versus the Battle of Hapes, I wonder how many minutes apart that was. <laughs> Hundreds, maybe? I don't know, man. Either way, Han Solo, the gambling fanatic, is picked back up by his wife. And her plan is risky. And Han sees the risk. And he lets her know. If that vector plate sticks at the wrong time, you know the crater we drill is going to be about three kilometers deep. I hadn't actually done the calculations, Leia admitted. I don't think Captain Solo has either, 3VO said. <laughs> at our current acceleration and mass, the crater will be closer to five kilometers deep, assuming our nacelles don't overheat and vaporize us first, of course. Oh, 3PO. God, I friggin' love 3PO. I friggin' love three people. Every time he comes in. Actually, actually, it'd be more like five seconds. <laughs> five kilometers. He is a he is great comic relief, man. And when you think all the way back to, like, this shit started in 1977 or whatever. Yep. And this trend that's carried on in the movies ever since of, like, the droid being the comic relief. He's still the best one. He's still so good. BB-8's pretty good. K2SO from Rogue One is... Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I'm I'm blank. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk, the guy who voiced him. He's from Firefly. He's yeah. the pilot from from Firefly. He's from freaking a ton of stuff. And he is hysterical. And K2SO is amazing. But 3PO is the best of the best. And you can't mess with him, man. I think it's 3PO's like like the delivery is so dry and that it's that's and I think that's what gets me is like I love that just he he means everything he says so genuinely yeah. <laughs> you know like he doesn't make that's that's why he is comic relief is because he doesn't make jokes yeah he's not joking <laughs> he's like no I don't think you did your math right there actually no it's he's great and you know R2D2 isn't so much comic relief in like the original trilogy, but he definitely is in the prequels. And he's like screaming across the floor and somehow lighting assault droids on fire with oil and not getting shot to a billion pieces. <laughs> Who knows? Anyways, three people. That's funny. not good because R two is badass. That stuff's not as good. Yeah, R two is more of like a real character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, he has 
thought and intent and his own decisions. Whereas 3PO is just like, Whew, I'm an open book. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it all. Yeah. I, I, I love 3PO and I love these scenes with him and in, in the Han and Leia stuff, like flying in the Falcon. Here they are getting shot to hell again. The flying is tough, but Leia is dope. <laughs> just she's flying them through a moon mountain to lose their tail of, of the, my till happen fighters hating yeah. fighters or whatever you want to call them and as they blow their way through the canyon of the mountain and on the moon <laughs> they see the alliance fleet coming out of hyperspace sneaking into the fight from behind the moon Han is not happy about that. Yeah, sneaky buggers. Yeah, he's like... He could have been here earlier. Yeah, he's right? like typical Bothan. It has to find a tricky way. Yeah, and that's how they knew that it was Buatu's alliance fleet that smashes through the side of the usurper fleet, leaving no doubt of victory for the alliance until another fleet arrives from hyperspace. And I'm not going to lie, I was really confused at this part. So I was like, wait a minute. I thought the Galni fleet was the usurper fleet, but it's not. The Galni fleet was the Duke of Galni's fleet from the villa that tried to kill Jaina and Zek. Yeah. They were coming to join the larger usurper fleet, but they're also a big fleet themselves. Yeah. So I was like, I thought that was what was happening, (laughs) but I definitely had to like check a few times. I was like, am I stupid? (laughs) Or am I... No, I was reading it right. Yeah, yeah, you it's got it. Good. Han and Leia, in this scene, they almost die several times here. Oh, yeah. Like, and while that's that's pretty normal for them, they actually both have moments where they think they're about to die, which is not That's so not common. normal. That's not no. usually how it works, right? It's Times are getting tough out here. And these freaking solos just keep putting themselves right in the crosshairs, like in the crossfire, I mean. In between all of their loyalties, like by not picking a side, man. Well, yeah, and this one, they're literally, they're literally in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> literally. And we cut to Ben on the rover with Jaina, Zek, and Team Aliens. They arrived at the Battle of Hapes just moments ahead of that Galni fleet that Han and Leia were surprised by a moment ago. Ben opens up a broadcast. He, he messages the whole battle. <laughs> yeah. Open broadcast to everybody that the Galni fleet are traitors as a warning for Tunnel Ka. He says he can feel all the pain and anger and suffering through the force. And it reminds him of the Yuzhan Vong War when he was a kid. And yep. he felt all the same negative emotions and feelings through the force. And so he blamed it on the force when he was three, four years old. As he would. And turned away from the force. Yeah. Now, a wise old seasoned veteran of 13 and a <laughs> half, he knows it's people putting those emotions out, not the force. The force doesn't cause pain. People do. He's got that figured out. Yep. Good for him. And that's after the message is out, it's time to evacuate the ship and hope for rescue. Because they are just a small... Little scout ship. And in this battle, they stand no chance. But there are only four suits for the six people on board now that they've rescued Jaina and Zek. And that means the captain and the commander are staying with the ship. And it's a big moral choice that Ben has to surrender to. Yep. He doesn't really even get to make the choice, eh? No, no. The captain says, this is what we're doing. Well, which is how military works. Yeah. And, and it's his ship. It's his like, ship. And that's kind of what Ben, you know, uh, resolves himself to is that this is, I can't do anything about it. They get out there. They put the suits on. They they blow open the, the air hatch. What do you get, call it? Yeah. The, the airlock. The airlock. They blow the airlock. Gets sucked out. And the four of them get sucked out into the void. They're just helpless out there floating in space. This is the plan? <laughs> I mean, like, I get it. Rules of engage. Okay, maybe that's the thing. Is that in war, you would have rules of engagement. Yeah. Where there would be war crimes. Yeah. Such as killing people who have maybe 
ejected and set their uh, their EV transponder for rescue, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's against the rules of engagement type of thing. But it still seems like a real bad plan. With ships flying all over and turbo lasers. And, and that's what they say. Like, the, the sh- their ship turns and they're like, hey, watch your eyes. Because that's how close we are. We're going to burn your eyes out <laughs> if you don't close them. And Ben's like, oh, even with my eyes closed, this still did hurt. It's amazing. They're helpless. And Ben sees as the rover takes off, it's destroyed almost immediately. Yeah. And those two pilots they left behind, the two agents they left behind, are vaporized. Noble sacrifice. Here you go, Benjamin. Have a little more survivor's guilt, the little 13-year-old. <laughs> little bit more for you. <laughs> this kid's life has been war ever since he was born. No wonder why he wants someone like Jason to sort it all out for everybody, right? He says that earlier in the chapter. Yeah. People are the ones who cause pain. People need somebody like Jason to lead the way for them. Show them the true path of righteous behavior. Chapter 23. We switch from floating in spacesuits in the middle of the battle to watching the battle from the tactical display and the safety of the Anakin. But Jason knows what it's like out there. Yeah, because he can feel it and like feel it through the force. He could feel it in the hundreds of life presences winking out every second. In the waves of anguish rolling through the force ever more powerfully. Hundreds of lives every second. Hundreds. This is a big... It's a big battle. It's a big battle going on out there. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that this the attack on his daughter has completely rattled him. And he's questioning the value of the entire galaxy here. Yeah. He says along the lines of, if someone would try to kill my child, then what good is saving the galaxy? Yeah. (laughs) That's a bit of a leap. Yeah. That's a bit of a difference from his usual opinion. Which Luke Skywalker would tell you, I know Jason so well. Jason would think, in spite of the bad people, we have to be a good <laughs> example for the people who want to do good and, and fight against injustice where we find it. But instead, he questions the value of the entire Damn the galaxy. whole galaxy. I guess I thought he never did anything selfish, Luke. I thought... He would never... Oh, that's right. You might blow up soon. Yeah. You might get blown up soon because you don't know anything about this guy. (laughs) When was the last time you even really talked to him? Yeah. Long, long spice loaf ago. Yeah. A little bit on Toriaz Station. You know? A little bit on Coruscant. I think one time in between there. He don't know Jason at all. Jason even says... He's struggling with his command duties because his daughter and her mother are in danger. But yeah, he's even got his aide standing right there with but, his. But wait, thing. Tim, Jason is so level-headed uh-huh. and impartial. He's emotionless in that way. Yeah, come on. It's supposed to be. We see here that he's he's even he's failing to walk the path that he went back in time. To convince himself he wasn't walking. Like, he went back in time. He flow walked back there and convinced himself I'm better Darth Vader that. was doing this out of selfish love for his wife and children. I'm not doing that. I would never do that. And then here he is convincing himself that he's that he is doing the right thing, but really all he cares about is protecting Alana and Tenel Ka. Yeah. He's not walking that line where he's doing what's right for the galaxy instead of his personal interests as he's been convincing himself this whole time. I think that is a sign of how shaken he is, right? Like yeah. How scared he is. This is the first real time, though, that you see him actually doing something that is selfish. Every other time, it can be cons- 
mm-hmm. like construed as yeah, it's for the greater good. This time he's yeah. watching a video of Alana yeah. playing. Yeah. Because he's so freaked out. And denying all like all of his other rightful duties to do yeah. that, you know? Yeah, he's not keeping command, he's watching the the nanny cam. Yeah, the nanny cam, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I wrote down later. One of the officers comes over though and interrupts his worrying with business. Rude. There's rescue <laughs> beacons way on the other side of the battle. And a pilot is here from Roku to see you. Jason thinks that's weird. I didn't feel Luke or Mara die. <laughs> so how could Lumaya be back here? But he can't stop peeking at the video feeds of Alana in safety and Aura Singh in captivity. Oh, yeah. Long enough to do his job. Which, she is, by the way. Yep. Let's, yeah. let's detail it here. Yeah. She's number one, still paralyzed from the EpiPen thing that Alana <laughs> jacked her with. Also, stun shackled hands and feet to the wall at three points. Yeah, three points. And coma gassed on top of it. And the door to the cell is welded shut. Welded shut. Guards posted outside. Kill anyone who tries to get in here. No, wait. That was a long story. Maybe this one, too. The point being, there is no overkill for a Jedi. (laughs) No. There is not. And at least Jason knows that. Yeah. You know, he's got a Jedi captive. But is that because she's a Jedi or because he's a paranoid no, dad? No, it's because he's an angry, sad, mad dad. That's definitely what it is. But he does pick up on the fact that angry, sad dadness is causing a lot of concern in his officers. And with half the Galni fleet breaking off to face the Anakin, the people need orders. Yeah. This battle, I thought, was kind of like a microcosm of the whole story so far, where there's it's traitors and unknown alliances are causing everybody to divide their attention and loyalties between too many targets. Yeah, like different uh, different parties keep revealing themselves and popping into the mess that's already there, like a lemma. Yep, you know, like other. Things I can't think of right like, now. Or saying as being one of them. Even and Haber like... and Boba Fett and like different pieces and parties are popping in and out of this bigger conflict that nobody can figure out what to do because they don't even know what's going on. They don't even it's know who so all the players are. They don't even know what's happening. Yeah. And what anybody wants. And it kind of just reminded me of this fight where like there's Tamakaz fleet, and then there's a usurper, usurper fleet. And here they come to smash you. Great. And then <laughs> here comes the Millennium Falcon. On whose side? I don't know. And then here comes a secret alliance fleet. And then here comes a second fleet to join the other bad guy, usurper fleet. <laughs> and then here's the Anakin Solo and his own ships. Yeah, with their own Hapen fleet as well. There's it's a lot just going a on. mess. And how are you supposed to know what to do? But like I said, the people need orders. And Jason's orders are to send just as many ships to go save Tenelka that would give it a reasonable chance of success. 63%. 63% chance of success. That's good enough to save my wife. But this is just Jason trying to keep Alana safe. Yeah. Because what he orders is that you guys go. We'll keep a couple ships back here with the Anakin. And it may it would make sense tactically and to everyone else if they knew that who Alana was. But they don't. And Major Aspara, the Hapen Noble assigned to uh, his force for this, wants to send every ship to go save the Queen. Yeah, starts arguing with him. In fact, she calls Jason a coward. Yes, she does. Jason made a pinching motion with his fingers, and Aspara was suddenly too busy gasping for breath to continue speaking. Her accusation stung more than he cared to admit, in part because it was so true. At least when it came to Alana, he was too afraid of losing his daughter to risk her life in the middle of a pitched starship battle. 
and it really didn't matter that Tenel Kyle would want him to make this decision. The simple fact was that there were some things he would never sacrifice. Never. Not even if it meant saving the galaxy. Never, Never. sacrifice. Never. <clears throat> now, come with me on a journey <laughs> through this entire book where he's kind of been wavering back and forth on whether or not he'll be able to make the sacrifice that Lumaya is asking him to make that is so far ambiguous, but he knows he has to hurt his family in some way. Yeah. Lose the thing closest to him, I think, is one of the... Follow me a little bit further back to book two, where he, this is quotes, accepted his burden of killing them. That was in book two. That was at the very end of book two. I reread the tag earlier. I go back to the episode, go back to the last episode of book two, and you will, at the end of the episode, hear me read an excerpt from the book that is Jason saying this stuff. Right yeah, now. we had a big conversation about it. Because it was so extreme. Yeah. But now, with Alana and Tenelka, like physically present and not just a memory in a distant place, he has gone completely the other direction. Walking back to Vader to be sure that he wasn't making the same mistakes. Here he, Here is. he is. Nailing it. Making it. I don't know, man. What? What happened? Like, what? Thoughts? Does this make sense? For what? him for him to... He's been dedicated to his Sith path. And then when he's faced with the reality of it... Well, I think... Completely chickens out. I think it makes a certain sense. It because does. he... It does. He now... He... Maybe in his head... I mean, he and has, it was... How long? Like an hour ago? Half an hour ago? That... Aura Singh just tried to kill his daughter. Yeah, it's still a little new. It's very fresh, I That's guess, right? right? Yeah, so, okay, all right. Makes I didn't sense. think of that either. It's real fresh, though. But <laughs> then I asked myself this question. Is this the real start of Jason's fall? Because right now, he's abandoning his sacrifice that's supposed to prove the good intentions of all his evil deeds, right? I'm doing the, I know I'm doing the right thing because I would even do it to my own family. Yeah. Except now he's saying he won't. Uh, let me go back to that last quote. Never, never. <laughs> he said, never. He did say never. He said, never. <clears throat> so now moving forward, all he's going to have are evil deeds with selfish motivations. Everything he's going to do from here on out after having decided to not make the sacrifice if he needs to everything he's going to do from here is irredeemable yeah and really because he's doing it admittedly from a coward position yeah that's why those words hurt his feelings and yeah and the emotions are so high that he force choked a lady <laughs> i mean as you do but <laughs> on the sith path all things are fair game but i think from here on out he's irredeemable absolutely because Everything, to force he he won't even be able, he might do it, but he wouldn't logically be able to convince himself that he's doing the right thing anymore, impartially. Yeah, he, no. He shouldn't be able to convince himself of that moving forward, but I guess we'll see. Luckily for Major Aspara, he lets her go. He's only half Vader yet. Yep. He doesn't choke her completely to death or throw her against the wall. And at this time, he has a moment to think about his parents and how they might still be traitors hmm they sent us to the place where they told us the fleet was gonna be and we tried to sneak attack them and then they weren't there traitors. and then that really screwed us actually and it made it way more dangerous for tunnel who they tried to kill earlier allegedly so now it's just more like here's more evidence in the negative column yeah. Right. Where like now he's floated back there and he's so freshly scared. Yeah. Scared and scarred that he's flip flipping big time right now. But before he gets too deep into that, the pilot arrives to speak and he kicks everyone out, but he keeps the nanny cam data pad, which I thought was weird because is he not terrified? <clears throat> That Lumaya is going to find out about Alana? 
He just, has been the whole time. He's yeah. been terrified to reach out to her in the force because heaven forbid Lumaya Knight might know I have a daughter, but here I'm going to keep my iPad with the freaking video feed on. But shuts he, the screen off. He doesn't think this is Lumaya though. Yeah, he does. Until she pulls off her helmet and he realizes it's a oh, lemma. Yeah. He totally thinks it's Lumaya until the helmet comes off and it's not. But he's so scared right now that he doesn't even care if Lumaya finds out. Yeah. I think he's just, I'll fucking kill her too. <laughs> I don't give a shit right now. Like, that's what I think, man. But as we said, the pilot is not Lumaya. The pilot, is, the pilot is a lemma talking about news of Lumaya. And you should kill me because I know about Alana. What the hell? She's gone mental. She's totally crazy. Yeah. She walks in here, takes her helmet off and says, I know your secret. You should kill me. <laughs> and I don't even she is not testing his 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 oh a commitment to the Sith path here. No. She is I don't know what the hell is she doing? Yeah, uh Jason really logics it down. Luckily for her, yeah. Even in all of his anger and fury, He's he so almost takes the guy. bait, but instead he hears her out. She says, everyone knows you betrayed them. Yep. And Lumaya exploded. And Ben never showed up. Also, P.S. I'm alive and I know everything. Because <laughs> you haven't seen me yet. Here I am on your ship. Not a little piece. Just, you know, a little, I got some secrets for you. She leaves. Yep. She leaves him with that. And she leaves Jason with questions. There were too many unanswered questions about his parents' role in the attempt on Tenelka's life. And the intelligence they had provided had been more harmful than useful. And so he decides to have the Anakin blow up the Falcon? Yep. He Why? <laughs> he gets warned that, hey, you know that that, that but, call sign is just a fake. He literally lands on, on the judgment of, blow well, up. they might have gave us bad information on purpose. So now I will kill them. You know what's happening right here? He is overcompensating for abandoning his actual sacrifice. Yeah. Which is putting his daughter and wife in danger. And so instead he's just going to kill his parents because that's a sacrifice too. And that's a sacrifice. It's not the one you have to make. No. But it, it does it fit? <laughs> Jam this square peg in this round hole? Just I'm going to blow up my parents then. What? Why yeah. would you not capture them? You already have a, uh, order out for their arrest, warrant yeah. out, whatever the hell. Yeah. A detain warrant or yeah. whatever. What? Go get them. You're going <laughs> to blow them up and not get answers. That's yeah. not like Jason, man. No, this is Jason in his fear. Yeah. In his fury. This is, I think the same thing that we were seeing in the fight with Aura Singh, where, his real power comes from thinking. Yeah. And at one point, even in the scene, the major Aspara tried to tell him to hurry up and make a decision earlier. And, and he's like, thinking is not a mistake. Thinking yeah. is never a mistake. That's yeah. where his real power really comes from is his ability to think his way around a problem. Yeah. Not in but his looking, emotions. Yeah, and... exactly. But looking at that fight with Aura Singh, where he's using his fear and his anger and his emotions, He's getting his ass kicked for most of the time and he gets saved by a four-year-old. <laughs> so who, what is, what version of Jason Solo was that? He's at his most powerful when he's clear-headed and yeah, um, level-headed. You know, yeah. He's doing, truly believing that he's doing the right thing maybe. Yeah. Cause he, cause he's, yeah, really he's, he's so smart and so like logical that when he can actually just for a second. Mm-hmm. He can handle anything so far. I just, I really think this is just him in his anger and fear overcompensating for, I mean, like a major thing that he just told himself, a major def defining pivot yeah. where he was like, never, that was something he just told himself. So he probably would also feel guilty about that because that would it mean like abandoning all the commitment that you've said you've made so far to your Sith path. But Emotions just frazzle him. He just 
is convincing himself that the mistake was not sacrificing his parents earlier. Yeah. Scared boy is danger boy. Chapter 24. The rover evacuees have made it to the Falcon just in time. For the attack from the Anakin. The Anakin starts blowing the hell out of the already blown to hell Millennium Falcon. But now, Jaina, Zek, and Ben are on board. And the Twilight friend, Sorzu. And the Twilight friend, one of our alien friends from the rover party. Which, we of course know the ship just got blown up moments ago. Jaina rushes over to Han with a hug. And Ben comes in between them. With a pair of cuffs. With a pair of handcuffs. And he says, you're under arrest. <laughs> this kid is damn committed to Jason and to the GAG and just, I think, to the law. You know? Because he's, he's 13. Yeah. He doesn't have, like, the cognitive tools to work through a nuanced problem. Yeah. There's no grays. It's black and white. And so this is very black and white. Jason said, arrest my dad. I got to arrest his dad. <laughs> Yeah. Luckily, Zach steps in and talks some sense into the kid for a moment. He tells him, chill out. Sometimes, if you want to be a Jedi, you have to use your best judgment instead of just doing whatever you're told to do. Which another person, Han this time, noticed the difference between Jaina and Zach. Yeah, which was, is this real? Yeah. Is this going to stick? Han (laughs) Singh was... uh, He looks like she actually respects him now. Yeah, he he does make a mental note of that. Hmm. As... The Falcon is damn near destroyed, and everybody's trying to find a way to fix the ship. They're, they have they have an air leak in, in the back, yeah. and they're sticking patches on it. They're trying to find a way to fix the ship. Ben thinks they should fix the real problem, and he says, It's the Anakin Solo firing on us. If we surrender, they'll stop. And Han says, The Anakin, what the fuck did you just say to my face, kid? The what the hell? The fucking what, mate? You what, mate? He is on in the camp of not loving the name of the Anakin. Yeah, uh, there's only like two people that do. Everybody else hates it. Jason and Ben quite like it. But, oh, (laughs) to just think about Han Solo wanting to beat his nephew to death in that moment right there his 13 year old nephew. yeah he actually has to kick a wall and break toes yeah which is dangerous when you've already got holes in your ship man and broken arm and oh he's, he's all and then ben calls the solos traitors right in front of Jaina, and wouldn't you know it she doesn't like that <laughs> <laughs> does this kid know his family at all <laughs> Or is he just so brain dead right now? He just cannot possibly just blindly following the rules. Be smart about what he's doing. I don't know. Either way, this kid's got a death wish. And yeah, all does. of this is before he pulls and ignites his lightsaber at Jaina. When she's trying to hand him a piece of space duct tape to stick on the wall. Yeah. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you know that's the angriest Jedi that ever existed. She's Jaina Hulk. Don't, what are you doing? Yeah. Here's a question. Pulls his lightsaber on his cousin. Here is a question for you. Does he seem brainwashed by Jason? And let me read this piece to you. I'm sorry, Jaina, Ben said, but you don't have any discipline. Like Jason says, you're always making up your own orders instead of following the ones you're given. That is literally straight out of Jason's mouth. Yeah. And I don't mean brainwashed in like the in like the direct dubious way. Yeah. I just mean how indoctrinated is this kid right now where he's pulling the lightsaber on his cousin. He's trying to arrest his uncle on his own ship when everybody else says no. He's one on five or four or whatever. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> the, I, I think the one of the funniest things is that that Twilight guy is there. He's just. <laughs> I don't know. he's just like what the hell are these jedi up to i'm an alien man i don't belong here yeah. this is the human story keep me in the background <laughs> zek grabs ben he grabs his hands that are holding his lightsaber yeah tell him to calm down just as the falcon takes another hit and in the tumult he gets sliced across the midsection by ben again though 
it's accidental. Yes. Remember, anytime Ben's hurt somebody, except for the two guys whose heads he cut off when they were, one guy was shooting at him. Yeah. Most of the people that Ben hurts, he does it accidentally. This time he blames it on Zach, though. He does. Yeah. Which is like the petulant step backwards. Yeah. That a 13 year old yeah. would take. You shouldn't have grabbed me. Why did you touch me? But again, at the same time, he is so convinced that he's doing the right thing. That's where that comes from. Yeah. Is I couldn't possibly be in the wrong for having my lightsaber out right now. So why did you do that? <laughs> my God. Freaking child. Han tells Jaina to take Ben and Zek off in an escape pod. And she does. She yeah. doesn't argue. Why? My question why is because of this. Because moments later... Han puts a couple more pieces of space tape on the wall and they jump to hyperspace. Like, moments <laughs> after the escape pod's gone. Yeah. You, you, why? You couldn't have put the patches on and all jumped together? I don't understand the motivation of telling them they had to get on the escape pod. Uh, part of it might have been Han's frustration with Ben. Just... Well, I was going to say, other than... And Zach being injured. <laughs> that is definitely something I didn't think of till I was just reading that now. But the thing I thought was like, just he thinks they're going to die. Yeah. He, uh, but why? I don't understand. Well, why? <laughs> Couple I, more pieces of tape and they're good to jump through hyperspace. I think it was more luck that they didn't get shot again. I guess. I don't, I don't know. That was that was weird. Like, I could not understand the motivation for him telling them to do that. Well, he had to kick the rest of them off because only Han and Leia have that kind of luck. <laughs> or maybe it's like, there's too many people breathing the air. <laughs> can't jump to hyperspace. I don't know. I can't make sense of that. But with she tears does. with tears in their eyes and the Falcon shot to hell, Han and Leia make another close escape. Come on, man. They were supposed to rejoin like the main narrative here. I'm tired of them being on the edges. I'm tired of them being on the fringe. Be in the middle of this battle and save your freaking kid. Because he's ruining everything. You guys are jumping all over the galaxy, hiding and running, doing all kinds of terrorist shit. You are. <laughs> You're terrorists. I don't care. You murdered a president on purpose with a bounty hunter named Boba Fett. You're a terrorist. But I really, I, I wanted them to rejoin the narrative, man. But now here they are gone. It's time for the younger generation. Remember that it's time for the epilogue. Yes, it is. Tenel Ka is in the Royal hangar of her battleship dragon queen. Looking on at the destruction of the battlefield with mixed emotions of relief and remorse. And rightfully so. Hundreds of people were dying every second, Jason said, as he felt it through the force. A lot of their ships were lost. That's a big deal to lose all your military ships, you know? They're left in a bad spot now. The Jade Shadow is on the hangar, in the hangar, on the deck, dropping Zek off for surgery. Probably the closest med, like fully functional med bay. Like, they're just in an escape pod. Yeah. And again, to, our, to your point... But why Han told him to leave, they wouldn't have been able to save Zach on the No, Zach would have Falcon. died for sure. So, yeah, so maybe that's part of it. Either way, they obviously got picked up by Luke and Mara and the Jade Shadow. And here they have all arrived on the deck just in time to listen to the crowd burst into cheers and lose their minds as a black GAG shuttle pulls through the atmospheric screen and Jason solo descends the ramp. Ooh, what an entrance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like literal, literal screaming fans and cheers and crowds of people. So just, they love this so guy. Just, they, they love him. Showering him with adulation. Cause he just saved their queen for real. I mean, it's all deserved, right? Yeah. Like we like like we say about their overconfidence, man. They they it's earned. Yeah, but all those people that are there yeah. cheering didn't hear the. Well, that's a reasonable chance to save her. Yeah, exactly. 
63 chance. 63, yeah, 37% chance they're all going to hate my guts. But this one, it came out on top. And every he jumps right in, in the middle of a convo as Ben is explaining that the solos are terrorists to Luke and Mara. And Jason had to fire on them. But he didn't have all the facts, did he? Because Tenel Ka tells Jason about the extra warning messages she received from his parents. They're telling her to stand firm and wait for the... There's an Alliance fleet coming. Had she spread her fleet out, they would have been uh, penetrated by the uh, your super fleet. But they held their formation and they held everybody off. She's alive. And when she tells him this, she can feel his shock first and then his shame. Yeah. And Saved she... Life. She has him all figured out. She thinks to herself, Jason made a grave mistake, but only because he was overcompensating, trying too hard to avoid letting his personal feelings influence his judgment. So close to right. Yeah. Like how many times have we said this now reading these books where like Mara was like, I think he's just upset because he's got a secret lover or something. It's kind of it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of close. And this, again, he's overcompensating because he doesn't want to seem like he's playing favorites with his duty. Yeah. It's kind of it. But it's a Sith duty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've picked up on that part, Tunnel Ka. But it's just it's just like that. It's it's amazing. You know, I, I just... And that, that doubt, he'll the, do anything for his duty like that actually scares her a bit. Yeah, because she, it does because she's family too. She is his family also, and but again, like it, this coming up over and over again. Be like, willful willful ignorance is done. Yeah, we're way past we're past that point now. Jason is being too obviously, I don't know, questionable. Yeah, <laughs> you know to 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 turn a blind eye anymore. But now we're into the point of almost right <laughs> yeah you're like you're so close she's almost got it figured out and one extra little hint or piece of evidence and they'd be right on it yeah he's not overcompensating for his duty as an officer he's overcompensating for this sith sacrifice that he has to make yeah the main proof that luke and mara have that jason was working with lumaya is that ben didn't show up to roku station jason sent them there to pick him up ben didn't show up there so obviously Jason set us up to be killed by Lumaya. Obvious. Isn't that obvious? We're not nobody's jumping to conclusions here. But Ben jumps in and he says, That was Jaina's fault. Remember how I said she can't take orders? Well, she told everybody she was gonna kill him if we didn't go warn Town Car right away. Which she did. And just like that, Jason escapes with a reasonable doubt. Like yep. if you're Luke Skywalker's hand. Closing around the wispy, smoky darkness that is Jason Solo. He just poofed right through your fingers right there. Yeah. And you just missed him. Because yeah. now they have a reason to believe, to fall back on the belief that somebody else must be working with her in the GAG. Oh, so close. So close. So close to catching Jason. Then Luke says, let's not forget, Ben is coming home with us. He says, you might not be working with Lumaya, but somebody in the GAG is, so he's not safe. They don't believe that she blew up. The yeah. cantina blew up, the bomb went off, but they're like, yo, that was two whole minutes after we ran out of that room. Anything could have happened in two minutes. Overkill. There is no such thing as overkill for a Jedi. Blowing no. up a whole cantina, that might not be enough for a Sith. They're not convinced that she's dead. And Jason actually has to agree. He finds it hard to argue. So he does agree with Luke. Yep. Ben has to go. It's not safe for him. Wowzers. But Ben argues with about it. And mm. and then after all this, and Jason gives Ben permission to yeah. go. Yeah, I thought there's there's a lot of that like flexing right here at yeah, the end of the conversation Luke and between Luke and Jason where they're 
looking each other in the face while talking to other people yeah. about each other. Yeah, and yeah. I'll, I, it's a, he says, it's okay, Ben, you can go. You can go, we'll be he back together say, soon. He doesn't say, I'm not your master. That's another thing that he pointed uh, that I thought was uh, pointed uh, to make a point of. Yeah. But they are just staring each other down and flexing on each other right now. Yeah. Like, I will catch you and you can't catch me. So, with suspicious stares and veiled threats, they agree. And they part ways. So, Jason can get cracking on that Lumaya investigation. Very important to find the truth. He's very dedicated <laughs> to finding out who's working with Lumaya and the GAG. Tunnel Call walks him to the end of the ramp, kisses him on the cheek, and he leaves. Once more, barely escaping without his Sith destiny being discovered. One more time through the fingers, man. I just want Luke to catch him. I want Luke to save him so bad. Save him in the temple basement. But he slipped through your fingers again. And this one's going to cost you. Yep. Certainly is. That's it for this week. Next week will be our Tempest review where we wrap up all the crazy madness that happened in book three. And where we look ahead to book four, Legacy of the Force, Exile. But for now... I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Catch you next time, my Sith babies. <laughs> For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.